1: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Hail Yes, a Detroit Free Press podcast about University of Michigan athletics. I'm Tony Garcia, Michigan football and basketball writer for the free. I'm joined by our Big Ten insider, Reiner Saban. He covers both Michigan and Michigan State for us. And later today, he's actually headed over to Allen Park, uh, where another football team's having a pretty good, uh, decent season. So I don't know if we're going to call him our Lions insider as well. Probably not. Probably need a few more more uh, days in the books for that title. Um, but I'm sorry to say this is not a Lions podcast as much as many people want to talk about that. But the good news is I do think we still have a pretty big topic to discuss. I don't know if you heard, Reiner, uh, Jim Harbaugh, no longer the football coach at Michigan. Late last night, Adam Schefter broke it first and the Chargers and Michigan confirmed Harbaugh's headed to Los Angeles to be the next coach, to the, to the, be the next coach of the L.A. Chargers. And Reiner, that's <laughs> that's the essence of this show. The Harbaugh era is over. Technically, now there's still NCAA matters to clean up. But as far as on the field, that's done. So let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's uh, seemed like it was inevitable that uh, we have arrived at this point. Uh, Jim Harbaugh signaled for the last three years that he was interested in going to the NFL. Uh, It it remained kind of hanging over Michigan's head, even as they made their national championship run this season probably even more so this year because of the finality that that team represented in a lot of ways, because uh, w- with all the talent that was p- potentially leaving and everything else, I mean, and, and then also the NCA investigations that were hanging over the program's head including Harbaugh, it just seemed inevitable that we arrive at this point where Harbaugh is off to the NFL.
1: It does. And I think that's, that's as good a place as any to start because this has so many tentacles, so many thoughts as we're in our pre-show meeting, right? It's like, well, how do we handle this, right? Like, what is what is the discussion? Is it everything Harbaugh did? Is it where he leaves the program? Is it what's next? Is it how did this happen? And frankly, it's, it, it's a little bit of everything, but I think you touched on it, and that's where I'd like to start. Uh, the word you said, inevitable, right? Um, this is a man, Jim Harbaugh, who has long said he's wanted a Super Bowl. Uh, for since, since he lost to his brother almost a decade ago, that's kind of been number one, and so I want Michigan fans to keep that in mind uh, as they uh, are probably and and you said it, many knew thought this was coming. Still, when you lose, and we'll discuss where Jim Harbaugh ranks in the in the hierarchy of Michigan football later. Certainly, the best modern day coach, maybe the best coach ever in the history of the program. Fresh off a natty, uh, you're gonna feel some type of way about it. And uh so they're obviously I mean, my <laughs> my inbox was flooded with people who I would imagine were big Jim Harbaugh fans about a week ago, suddenly no longer. But I think it's worth keeping in mind uh that Michigan can only offer and the and, and the college level, right, can only offer so much. And Jim just reached the top of that mountain a couple weeks ago, and uh he has had the the bigger fish to fry and and, and the region Sarah Hubbard, uh, Said as much. She said in, in in a statement, "She said we cannot give Jim Harbaugh a Super Bowl ring." And I think that was the tenor that that they felt they tried to keep him.
0: Yeah, they did. But it is weird. Harbaugh's stance on the NFL had changed over the course of his tenure. I mean, at, at one point, uh, going back to 2019, he wrote a letter uh, to the parents of players on the team uh, after a report came out that he was looking for an exit strategy to go to the NFL he called it total crap and said that he was not interested in doing that and that it was the it was the you know the work of his his enemies and rivals yeah. and such and so something changed uh after uh around 2021 uh after he had his rebound year with Michigan uh the kind of renaissance began uh at the program and it largely stemmed i think uh, from the the pay cut he absorbed in after the 2022 and four season, uh, he remained pretty embittered by that, and I think it's motivated him to go back to the NFL. He finally, I think, he saw Michigan as just an employer instead of his alma mater at that point, and the relationship changed. And so, I, I don't think he had that same affinity. It wasn't just the boyhood team he rooted for anymore. It was now, you know, his his employer, his boss uh, saw Ward Manuel is just another guy. And I think, uh, again, that's when he started looking at the NFL. And that's when the Super Bowl thing became a th- something he was openly talking about.
1: I think that's how crazy competitors can be. Right. Because I think everyone would say Ward Manuel was well within his right at that time to sure. issue a pay, to issue a pay cut or fire him altogether. Now, of course, the last the the previous three years transpired the way they transpire. Ward gets to stand with us in the corner of that end zone, saying, "See, I told you so." Everyone wanted me to get rid of him. I stuck with him, and Jim gets to set gets to say, "I always did it my way. I always had it." You all want like you, no one believed in me, but like we knew, I knew, and and see, I was right. But <laughs> I don't know how much either of it matters because people wanted Jim gone at the time and then Ward got to say see I see I told you so uh here he is but like does Jim really get to like be upset that, that, that he took that pay cut right and, like I think you're right in the timing that is I mean certainly after that offseason he had his discussions with Minnesota I mean he, he flew there on signing day and I mean there were previous reports that he had said goodbye to people in the building right like he thought he was taking that job that's what that's what others mm-hmm. have, have said then last year you got Denver you got Carolina so certainly you're right something uh cha- and something and weird changed at that time because it happened when the winning started right like early in his career he's zero five against uh Ohio State through six years no college football playoff appearances then he starts tasting that success again and that's when he Starts well, again, it, he
0: program. started take, tasting the success again, and then it was also defiantly being like, hey, uh, I'm going to go pursue these things and let you twist in the wind, Michigan. I'll, you know, this was his level of payback in some ways, for I think the power the
1: dynamic had flipped. Yeah,
0: yeah but, uh, exactly. He, he was now the one in control uh, and Ward Manual and the Michigan administration was at his mercy and he. He's a person who I talked to somebody close to him, worked around him. He had emphasized the, uh, his desire to exert as much leverage as possible whenever he had it. So in this case, he did that. I mean, he used the uh, flirtations with the NFL to get things he wanted within the program Apparently NIL was one of those things, like more relaxed standards, maybe even as it related to transfers. I mean, they obviously made an effort in the transfer portal last offseason, which ended up being a a big boost for the program and probably put them in position to win the national title. Uh, You know, obviously they had some difficulties getting transfers in uh, before that. And, you know, I think he wanted some more. Uh, concessions made on that end. And I think he also wanted more concessions as far as NIL was concerned. So he used his leverage always uh, whenever he had it. And so whenever he got it, he was going to twist as much as possible and uh, really up until the end. I mean, he was negotiating uh, what seemed like pretty ridiculous terms that most employers wouldn't agree to as far as uh, reportedly going after an immunity. Immunity. Law. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, again, I mean, what kind of employer is going to agree to that when, especially the sums of money that were being talked about, which was, uh, you know, uh, the most money paid to a coach in college football. So uh, Harbaugh, uh, I mean, Ward Manuel admitted to the fact that they were going to try to make him the highest paid coach. In college football, but that wasn't enough, and I don't think money was ever a factor with Harbaugh as much as you know, wanting to be at a place uh, that he had a lot of power, a lot of control, where he could uh, he could accomplish
1: what he was seeking. I was going to say the line he said is he wants to be somewhere he's wanted, right? I think right. he he wants to be somewhere he has carte blanche, right, where mm-hmm. where he will go unchecked, and he had gotten to that point. It, it, within Michigan's structure, but the NCAA was continuing to check him every step of the way, and so he's. Sure. It was. It, w- it was just uh, en- a- enough was enough, and uh, and now that this has gone full circle, I mean, you get the the questions all the time. People are saying, I mean, all oh, offseason, I imagine anyone who asked you, is Jim gone? Is Jim returning? Is Jim gone? Is Is he returning? I gave the same answer the the, the whole time, which is that if. <laughs> It's whatever he wants to do if someone gives him that opportunity. It sounds like the lamest answer, right? But that's but actually think about it. He wants to go to the NFL if someone gives it to him. That is, is his end goal. However, if his best case scenario is to stay at Michigan and he doesn't think he's going to get to run things just the way he wants to, then he's going to return. And he put pretty much everyone and everything on hold to to, to map that out.
0: But, you know, we kind of forecast where Harbaugh would end up uh, in a previous You
1: podcast. nailed it. You nailed I
0: mean, it. Yeah. We said he was going to go to a place that he had a personal connection to. And the Chargers were that place because he played for them. Uh, obviously, was very familiar with San Diego, where the Los Angeles Chargers previously were. And uh, just like, you know, again, a reference, he coached the Coast of 49ers. That was his favorite team growing up. He, you know, he went to Stanford, where his dad was an assistant coach. Uh, he ended up coaching Michigan, where he played. I mean, uh, and uh, obviously, again, grew up in Ann Arbor. So, I mean, this is a guy that goes to places that he feels comfortable with, familiar with the surroundings. Uh, there's a little bit of a Peter Pan syndrome with Harbaugh, I think, where he likes to relive, you know, his youth in some ways. And so, I think that that's always been oh factor i mean guy lived next to his parents i mean for <laughs> in ann arbor i mean it's it's part of his it's a whole personal uh backstory i think in a lot of ways and so i think the personal connection somehow got lost
1: when he absorbed that pay cut yeah i mean i mean it might have right and it reminds you that everything like it is a business right like even even us getting into into this sort of business right like you do it uh, in your youth or you think you're going to get into it uh, for, for the sports or for this or for that. And perceptions change. Right. And and and, and things change. And uh, maybe Jim uh, experienced that in his own right. But now that his time at Michigan is over, is it is it fair to ask where he ranks? Like, I mean, in terms of wins all time, it's fourth. You got you got Yost, you got Chrysler, you got Schembechler and you got Harbaugh. Or, or, and and Car, excuse me, is, is is top is top three. He's he's ahead of uh, one of those four who I mentioned. But those are the those are the five names I want. I wanted to bring up. Uh, I mean, maybe I I think certainly ahead of Gary Moeller and guys like that. Where does how how does one rank Jim Harbaugh?
0: Well, I mean, Harbaugh came to, to do exact. I mean, he fulfilled the promise of when he came back. He restored Michigan football as a as a top program. Won a national championship. Obviously, it was rocky in some ways at the beginning. Even though he you know, was pretty successful in the regular season, I mean, ten wins in three of his first four years. But he kept losing to Ohio State, and uh, so I mean, I think he probably ranks uh, near the top, especially given the fact that he went forty and three in his final three years. And so you can really only—it's—it's it's really what what have you done for me lately? And Harbaugh's done. <laughs> really well lately so uh totally transformed again his tenure because i think he would have ranked pretty far down that list prior to 2021 but since then he's probably moved you know near the top if not at the top because of you know the national championship that his mentor bo Schembeckler, never won yep
1: uh and and i mean and the rose bowl right the just the path to get there knocking sure. off Sa- sabin flipping the script against Ohio State. I mean I mean I mean it was every it was every single bit of it, right? And for whatever it's worth, which for me is nothing, but for others is something, he did it in his Michigan image, right? Like he did it authentically. He did he did it sort of his way on the field. Right. And then right. you get into the ether of Jim Harbaugh's person. I mean, he like no one oh Quote air quotes, like for people who are, I'm I'm holding up the quotes with my fingers if you're listening in just audio, like no one is bigger than Michigan, right? But Harbaugh was. Jim Harbaugh had, I mean, <laughs> well, I don't want to, we don't do things for numbers, but you have to re- write things that people read. Take a look at the numbers when Jim Harbaugh is in a headline. I mean, since last night, obviously this is a big news, our foremost biggest headlines are all him. That's it. This is the middle of an election season, right? I mean, there's, I don't know what else is going on uh, in the world today. My head's been kind of buried in this for, for for 12 hours, 15 hours. But I mean, it's just, he like, like, there's a phrase that I like about like Tiger Woods, like that he doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. Jim Harbaugh was Michigan's needle for, for all these years. And we're going to ask a really interesting question that Andrew, our producer and, uh. And editor uh, posed to us pre-show on, on the other side, but it's just about how this, the the perception of this job nationally, and how and who may have filled it had this timeline worked out differently, right? And so, you just, I I guess I I think I just talked about a number of, of uh, tentacles to this, but there are so many when you think about Jim Harbaugh, uh, and, and and his legacy in Ann Arbor. But to make a long answer even longer, I think you got to put him at the top. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, like Lloyd, like Lloyd, and it's because it's also because of how he left the state. He leaves the program in now. It remains to be seen how that will be able to to go off. And, and Lloyd Carr, uh, I mean, I mean, with the win over Tebow in Florida and getting carried off, that was great. But he did lose to Abston. He was getting run off the field by these spread offenses and these different things, uh, and, and he didn't look like he was not necessarily leaving the program in a better place. No one has taken Michigan for like Michigan was never as low as when Harbaugh took it over, and you can't get higher than the national championship.
0: No, you're right. I mean, well, I mean, you could make a case that Beckler was pretty low when he took over too, and then. He left it uh, in pretty good shape. Uh, See, I'm, back I i back don't back even back know
1: year. about the status yeah. when he took it over.
0: Yeah, like, it was not I, I, good. <laughs> it was not good. So, I mean, like...
1: Well, because he, Michigan uh, State was running things, I guess, in the 50s and 60s, right?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Michigan State yeah. was uh, w- w- was a very strong program at that time. Michigan was kind of, especially in the 50s and 60s, yeah. was not uh, consistently good. I mean, Schembecker really brought the program... turned it into the modern day powerhouse it is right today. Uh, but you know, Harbaugh, uh, obviously it's, it's a complicated legacy because again, you know, he was very controversial too. I mean, he came into college football, you know, did the whole satellite camp initiative was hiring, uh, people connected to recruits, uh, you know, really, you know, caused a lot of, uh, anxiety amongst coaches uh in in the sec elsewhere uh, once he once he came in with all his crazy initiatives and all the fanfare and and such and so i mean he was very controversial from the beginning and he was very controversial at the end i mean they got the two NCA investigations that ch- you know the cheating scandal with connor stallions that again continues to hover over the program's head i mean we don't know what the fallout is going to be, and I'm kind of curious what the NTA is going to do now because, you know, again with Harbaugh being out of the picture, do they go lighter on Michigan? And in some ways, I mean, maybe Harbaugh's, uh, you know, last decent gesture as far as Michigan is maybe helping to keep them uh, from suffering the, you know, the brunt of the punishment that. Uh, although let's and, let's not
1: make it look too altruistic right no don't I mean, I don't think, I agree. And I, I don't
0: think uh, yeah I don't think that that is necessarily was his number one motivation. I think it's a byproduct of his possibly yeah. leaving were happy coincidence uh, and, and, and and yes, exactly, and something that maybe Michigan was also not too terribly sad about him leaving in that sense where maybe they could avoid the you know the scourge of punishment uh that awaited him. Uh, and possibly Michigan, had he chosen to stay.
1: I mean, it just felt like the the end of an era, right? I mean, just with the players, with the coach. It, with, I mean, sure. yeah. it just you 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 could see it, you could feel it. They came back. They were calling it one last ride, right? Like a lot of the players, and obviously, it's because they were speaking for the players. But Jim Jim was planting these seeds all along the way, right? When when we're sure. when I'm at Wayne State it, in June, talking to him. Uh, asking about the staff and the continuity. And he's saying, uh, I, I got four people on staff who I think will be head coaches next year, right? And then he's, and uh, and we even talked about maybe the Chicago thing didn't go the way he thought. We thought maybe he was even making comments about Caleb Williams, uh, right? Should he end up taking a Chicago job down the line? Jim is, as he is perfectly aloof at looking clueless, yet being totally uh, just a tactician. In, in what he's doing, right? Like right. this is none of this was by mistake. He knew exactly, Like I think, was there a chance? Was there a chance he returned to Michigan next year? Yeah, but only if everything else that he thought and planned, something like fell apart. Right. Oh, that was a last resort. His plan was always, in my mind, that this was the the, the final season.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, because he could have, should he have stayed? I mean it's hard to know how he would have fared. I mean again with the with the new big Ten uh, with the possibility of the NCA sanctions hanging over his head with the you know exodus of talent, especially this year, whether he would have been able to kind of rebuild things or even keep it going. but I mean, he had a chance maybe to become an all time great college coach uh, and you know it's interesting when you look at the coaches who are celebrated the most in the sport, you know, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban at both the NFL. They were guys who stayed at one place for a while and won a lot, uh, won a lot of championships and such. The coaches that interestingly have uh, won at both the you know Super Bowl and the national championship, Pete Carroll, Barry Switcher, Jimmy Johnson, not nearly held in the same breath. And yet, I would argue that those are pretty, pretty great accomplishments to be able to win. At the college and NFL. That's like the mark of the probably a great, great coach. And yet that's what Harbaugh is chasing to do that. And yet the way that Jim
1: Jim knows he, which list he wants to be on.
0: Yeah, right. But I think the, the the argument is in favor of the Bill Belichick's and Nick Sabans of the world, not the Nick, not the uh Pete Carroll's, Jimmy Johnson's, and Barry Switzer's.
1: So you're, you're totally right, because I if someone asked me. Uh, who the two best football coaches of all time were? I would say Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. You're right. So you, even, I, even, I, and, and I'm not saying that's right. Like that would be my immediate where, where what, I, yeah. what I would jump to. And isn't it funny that both of those names and Pete Carroll, uh, yeah. three of my, yeah. have all have have all are all out of the job in three weeks, four weeks, all of them in January, right? Like or are or, 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 or elsewhere, right? And so I guess I just want to put a bow. On this stuff, because we were talking pre-show. I used the word uh I think I said uh unprecedented, right? For for this move from Harbaugh. And then we were talking, is it really unprecedented? Is it not? I'll, Reiner, I'll let you be the, the the final say of it as I quickly go through the the somewhat comparable situations. Uh in 1941, Bernie bierman uh won uh, won a title. I'm not sure who this is, frankly, and then went to the Marines. Uh, as a coach, then you had uh, Schnellenberger.
0: Well, you have to give it, it was World War II, and so I mean that yeah. there was there's a reason behind that. Like, if
1: right, you don't just, right. Look, yeah, right. I didn't. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't just decide to yeah. go. Yes, yes. There was a pretty big deal. Yeah, sorry. 1941, 1942. Maybe I made a leap that everybody knew what was going on at mm-hmm. that time. Uh, Johnny Majors in 1976 left Pitt for Tennessee, but as you pointed out, that was his alma mater. Uh, Schnellenberger left Miami from Louisville. I think there was some weird USFL situation or something there.
0: It's the USFL he left for because he had part okay. ownership stake uh, for it. It was for the Miami, but then the USFL had all these financial problems, and you know, the obviously became uh, defunct in a matter of years. So it was a
1: <laughs> he left the it, he left the U after a national championship. Yeah,
0: right. For, but,
1: but not <laughs> which, for another which led
0: to Jimmy Johnson being the guy there and he ended up being the beneficiary of schellenberg's departure, which was interesting. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And then the last, uh Tom Osborne uh in ninety-seven uh went out on top with a, sh- a shared national title, split it with Michigan, uh and then he went on to be A D at Nebraska. Yeah. Um so I think it is fair to say this is unprecedented because nowhere – I mean, I guess Johnny Majors, right? That's the closest one. And even that is 76. Well,
0: I think Schellenberg like, is the closest because it, he was left for a pro job. You know, USFL was looking like it was challenging the NFL at the time. And and then he also had the part ownership stake. So, I mean, in some ways he had, the level, he had the level of control that I okay. think Jim Harbaugh was seeking so right. maybe with 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 the chargers and such because obviously right. that's a that's a huge uh, factor in his decision making process yeah. so
1: and the belie- and the belief still, is the owner
0: but still i mean this is a pretty unique situation i yeah. mean you don't usually leave a place especially a place that you have a deep personal connection to which is michigan to go uh you know chase another uh Super, I don't know, chase a championship at the pro level. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, some people choose to pick a lane and stay in it. I mean, Kirby's, you never hear a Kirby Smart's name going, you know, in, in, in NFL talk, although I'm sure he probably would get some interest, you know, because of his success level. So, I mean, like, uh, but again, it goes back to Harbaugh and what he was able to accomplish in the NFL the first go around. I mean, it's 44 19 and one in the regular season made three straight NFC championship games, went to the Super Bowl. The guy was uh, arguably one of the top coaches uh in the league when he left and it was it just was like why is this guy not coaching at the NFL level? Like how did that end up happening? Uh and you know, he he had a place to come back to at Michigan, but you know, it's understandable why he'd want to kind of go back to the NFL because he had a lot of success there. It's also understandable why the NFL would be interested in him, but it was also weird that it didn't, it took nine, 10 year and multiple off season well, it, cycles. It'll
1: it, it it happen. You know, it always, it always took two to tango and it was always yeah. going to, and yeah. with Jim, it has to be the right match. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, he tried to square peg a round hole a couple of times, the last few off seasons and 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 couldn't do it, but I but clearly, uh, this was this was the one uh, that worked. So just to just to recap, Jim Harbaugh, eighty six and twenty five uh, in his nine years at Michigan, sixty and nineteen in the league. Finishes with three straight Big Ten championships, three straight college football playoff appearances, one national title, two NCAA investigations, three and five against Ohio State, five and four against Michigan State. Just a resume that is all over the board uh, and will make for some incredible bucks. Uh, so who's next? I think we know, but let's talk about it. That's on the other side. This is Hell Yes.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if
1: we can find any type of uh,
0: human remains that are left... Listen to where secrets go to die. The disappearance of Derek Hennigan from the Detroit free press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's upper peninsula available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. All right. Welcome back. Jim Harbaugh, 89 and 25, not 86 and 25. He does get credit for the three wins. Uh, against Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State, uh, where where Sharon Moore was the head coach when he was suspended. Um, speaking of which, seamless transition. Sharon Moore was the head coach on that day. Uh, he's pretty much the – not pretty much. Uh, he's the front runner for this job. Uh, Reiner, I'm hoping that it's not announced before we're done with this. Does it feel like it's that inevitable? In my mind, it does.
0: I mean, it seems like it. I mean, given that uh, Ward-Manuel said that, they we're going to try to retain as much of the coaching staff as possible, uh, it, it, you know, figures that they might turn inward. There's also no real outside candidate that just jumps to the forefront. And like, you just are like, wow, that that's obviously the guy. And so um, in that case, I think they want to probably keep the integrity of the program together. And, and Jerome Moore, I guess, is the person that's kind of been identified as, as that person, given the fact that he, was kind of the uh, um, person that was tasked with replacing Harbaugh uh, the most on game day. Uh, uh, obviously, other coaches got a chance early on in the season, but when push came to shove in those final three games, it was Moore as Moore as a face. And, you know, it kind of is interesting because what, you know, what would have happened if they lost to Ohio State yep. uh, and, you know, the season kind of sort of, went off track kind of ended there and Michigan wasn't able to get to the CFP and they would have just gone to a bowl game you know one would Harbaugh even be leaving would the NFL have been still interested number two would Jerome Moore be the obvious candidate to replace Harbaugh if that were the case I mean I don't know it's a it's an interesting question and one that was raised by our fine producer Andrew Burkle
1: in my humble opinion, the answer is yes. Jim Harbaugh would still have left, and no, uh, Sharon Moore would not be the head coach. Now, uh, that, that is not ju- that is not me saying sure, like that I don't that I think he's going to fail that he's bad. Per- anything like that. If you look at it at that time, right, he would have not succeeded in his biggest test, and then, uh, and it's just the timing of the coaching cycle, right? Uh, I mean, think about how many people were moving and. And there, there were just so many more options. I mean, I, I really think one of the guys we were talking about was Jed Fish, right? He used to, he former staffer, uh, family used to live in Celine, uh Ties here, obviously, kid just did. Maybe was should have been the coach of the year, in my opinion, uh, for the job he did at Arizona uh, to win ten games in that Pac-12. I mean, that was serious work. And they let that game against USC slip away. Man, I will never forget that one. But okay, we're gonna, we're just gonna move on. Um. So also,
0: also I think DeBoer may have been in play. Dana DeBoer too. would
1: have been another option. Yeah,
0: yep. but, but I mean, again, it would have it would have been done. You know whether uh, Michigan could get in front of the you know the line during the coaching cycle instead of being on the back end, which they are right now. I mean, the fact that Alabama, uh, you know, it, it, with with Saban retiring, you know, created. Situation where DeBoer left, and you know Fish obviously going to Washington was a really kind of unfortunate set of circumstances for for Michigan in some ways because it really cut down a lot of their options. I mean, two of those guys probably would have been factors in uh, Michigan's coaching search. And you know, lo and behold, I mean, the guy that you never thought was going to leave, a, you Next know, state. Alabama and move move out of college football, moved out of college football and retired and. Uh, you know, Alabama swooped in and got the boar. Washington swooped in and got Jed Fish. And Michigan is like, well, I mean, I don't know how many co- great coaching candidates. I mean, you got Lance Leipold hanging hand, hanging out there. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, the chances of I, I don't think Michigan fans at all would ever even consider or want to even consider the possibility of Brian Kelly coming coming to Ann Arbor, but. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's really not any logical candidates. I mean, the, again, the problem with college football now is that it's really become so chaotic with the portal and NIL that it's also uh, reduced the interest from the NFL level. I mean, what? guys are not willing to go down to college football anymore from the NFL because it's such a big headache to coaching college these days.
1: Yeah, it's not what it once was. Would Jonathan Smith have been a candidate?
0: I mean, I think it's possible. I mean like I mean he certainly uh the stuff that he is planning to do at Michigan State would probably fit well in Michigan. I mean he's looking to the run trenches. a pro style, pro style offense. Yeah, build up through the lines and uh you know, play a, uh you know, he loves to run the football. Uh yeah, I mean I think he I think he probably would and he's a good person at developing talent. Uh I mean the the guys that he's uh, developed at Oregon State to turn in that program, where you have to take guys on the fringes uh, and make something of them, uh, because it's not a very good uh, re- place to recruit to. He, he would have been actually an interesting interesting. Fit, I, think, I
1: in, think in that sense that aligns more with with Michigan State. I just Andrew asked the question in our in our side chat, and so I thought well, I we, thought I'd pose it to. It
0: works. It works at Michigan because I mean, again, Michigan is not going to get the five-star kids, Ohio state, Notre Dame, right. They're going to have to do some developing and that's where, you know, somebody like Jonathan Smith would be interesting. I mean, he, I don't know. Again, that would have been a sexy candidate for Michigan. Maybe, you know, they would not have uh, been as appealing, but I mean, DeBoer probably would have been the, would would have been the guy that I think Michigan fans would have been very excited about uh, if he was out there on the market.
1: Right. Right. Well, Timing is everything in life, and this is the way that this is timed out. And so it it seems it will be Sharon. And just getting back into some of Ward's comments, right? About staff continuity, making decisions quickly, timely, keep it keeping this thing going. I think the question becomes let's go, let's let's make the leap. Now we're gonna operate as if it is Sharon more, right? Uh keeping everybody he can is essential. And I think my belief, sort of the leading belief right now, is Jim will be able to take his son Jay, of course, uh, as a special teams coordinator, and probably Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator. So Michigan would then need to replace all three coordinators, right? Because the offensive coordinator would be the head coach, the DC would be gone, special teams coordinator would be gone as well. Um, ben Herbert is kind of – is he the number one – if Sharon if Moore can only keep one person, is, is Ben Herbert the guy? Assuming Minter is gone, is is Harbert the guy, or who who is who is the can't lose him from this staff?
0: I mean, obviously, you'd like to probably keep Minter just because uh, he knows to how to run that that specific defense, uh, and um, it's uncertain if they can keep pulling guys from the Ravens uh, to do that. Especially now that Harbaugh is gone, and that personal connection uh, has disappeared as well. Uh, so. I mean, I think the next guy that they'd obviously would like to uh, keep on staff would be Ben Herbert. Uh, you know, strength and conditioning coaches are uh, essential, kind of in the college ranks because uh, they deal with players during the off season and they're kind of the point, uh, you know, person, point contact person during the periods when coaches can't necessarily work with them. So uh, they kind of establish the culture within the program and set the tone and Ben Herbert certainly was that person for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. And so uh, he also did a, you know, really good job of obviously kind of uh, instilling that mentality where, you know, you can just kind of focus in on, you know, the task in hand and block out all the distractions and a lot of the players credited them for giving them that mental edge. And I think in that sense, he would be a, a pretty, a uh, tough guy to lose for for Michigan, considering all the impact that he's made during the the rise of the program.
1: Yeah, and also the players, right? I mean, I mean, in this transfer portal era, the more stability Michigan can keep uh, within its ranks, you figure that would bode well for keeping uh, members of the team around as best they can. And uh, this defense right now still looks like it has, I mean, can be compete at the top of the Big Ten certainly. Uh, The offense lost a lot more whole starting line uh, running back two wide receivers, a tight end quarterback, obviously. Um, But, but, but they may, may need to to retool as well. But of course, Reiner, we talk about whoever comes in. I mean, the schedule, Texas, USC, uh, Washington, Oregon, Ohio state, Michigan state. Um, That's not easy, right? No, no matter what. And so, I think <laughs> with this recent three year run, uh, obviously, I mean it's it's, it's been the best three year era in the history of Michigan football, right? And I think and and Jim Harbaugh is to credit for that. The players are to credit for that. The program, everything. They they uh, I mean, we'll, we'll put. The, I mean, not that you can put the cheating scandal aside, but they worked hard. They put their nose to the grindstone and, and and went to the top. Correct. Um, it, Michigan has not always been. Michigan fans have always thought that they are number one. But the newsflash is Michigan never was, right? Like other than that 97 season. Until this year, Michigan had one split national championship since 1949, okay? That's just the reality. And so they are a tremendous program, but they've been a regional power. That is what Michigan always was, even when Michigan did not think that's what it was. That is what it was. Harbaugh elevated Michigan to a place that it has never been. Michigan thinks Michigan fans believe this is where it has always been. In fact, it has never been here ever. And so, I think it might be a very I mean I mean there's nothing wrong with winning 10 games a year. That's what elite programs do. But to think that Michigan is just going to keep rolling out 13 win season after 13 win season no matter what, even had Jim returned, might have been difficult. And so and and I think now Given the schedule, right? Given the new Big Ten. And so, no, and I, so I just want to keep in mind ahead of time.
0: Yeah, sure. There's a number of factors. I mean, look, Harbaugh also, I mean, it should not be lost on the fact that he, in a weird, ironic way, benefited hugely from the 2020 COVID year. I mean, they, he, had, he had, there were six year players, there were fifth year players, guys that probably would have been uh, maximized their eligibility that helped lead Michigan to. The national championship this past season, uh, the the disappearance of the COVID year could affect Michigan adversely because again, you know, some of those players will not be able to stick around for another year, and you know, this was a development program, and another year at Michigan was going to always benefit uh, Harbaugh and the coaching staff. Well, you know, that COVID year obviously uh, was a one time deal. And, you know, again, the players that benefit from that are, are, are largely gone or will be gone. And so uh, Michigan won't have that, uh, you know, to, to rely upon going forward. Then you add in the fact that, again, uh, you know, especially with Harbaugh being gone, I mean, he was kind of the alpha and omega of the program. I mean, everything was about him. And so, like, you know, they, they played the style that he wanted to play, running the football, playing defense. I mean, he didn't compromise uh, except for the year that uh, – a couple years that he had uh, Josh Gaddis uh, and tried to employ his speed and space, and that really backfired on him. But he went back to his style, his mode. The whole program was fashioned. And, again, his image, as you as you mentioned – Um, and I wrote this, this, uh, that came out today. Um, and so I think there's going to be a huge void left by him because again, they're so used to everything being a hardball, this hardball, that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard for them to move past that. And, uh, it won't be the same without him. Uh, and they're going to find out the, probably the hard way that that's the
1: case. And quickly, right, I th- I can already hear a quick response being, well, we just won six games without him this year, right? We've shown we can do it. It is very different when he is in the building all day, all week, implementing the game plan, right? And then just not there on the sidelines.
0: Also, oh, selling, selling the culture, you know, getting people to kind of buy in. I mean, he had a lot of skins on the wall. I mean, he was a person that wanted the NFL and... Uh, was a larger-than-life figure, I mean, famous guy. I mean, I I think players gravitated towards that. And so the next guy is not going to be nearly as famous, and I don't know if he's necessarily going to command the same level of respect uh, within the locker room. So, I mean, I think, you know, even as Harbaugh, you know, brought controversy to the program, created difficult situations for his players, I think the players always are like, hey, this guy, you know, is – still a real deal as a football coach i mean he can he can get the job done and he gets results on the field and he makes me a better player uh it, the next guy is going to have a tough time creating uh cultivating that same uh mentality within the locker room i think
1: and in, ca- and in case it wasn't clear the players were never bothered by it right like, yeah. like i mean i mean you wrote about it if you like for what for whatever reason they just yeah. i mean they and in, 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 I mean, I, th- I think they thought it was entertaining. Uh, it, it sort of bonded them. Uh, I will give uh, sort of the, the guys who are in the room right now a little, like a little more benefit of the doubt. Not saying you implied this, but just to clarify, whoever goes in there, the players are going to respect as a head coach, right? Like it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of good character players and, and people who aren't just going to be like, oh, well, you're not Jim, so I don't give. A or, 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 I don't care. Uh, sorry. To your point, there is there is only one Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and uh, and he is a unique uh, character who is uniquely positioned to uh, to to create what, what he did at Michigan. Um, is there, are there any more thoughts uh, about, about this before we put a bow on it? Perhaps um, the pressure on Ward Manuel. Uh, we can let's let, let's tie this back to him before before we go, because uh, I mean, this is now another uh, one of the winningest coaches. Who has left under his watch, right? John Beeline has left. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has left. Uh, Eric uh, Eric Bakich left for Clemson in in baseball. Uh, Things didn't exactly go great with uh, the Mel Pearson uh, departure from hockey Uh, and his hire, Jawan Howard, uh, in the Hoops program, also struggling. So, what is what? uh, So, I want to say that, and then I want to say the the other half. his his football team just won a national championship. And last year, uh, Michigan won 14 Big Ten championships, which is the most uh, any Big Ten school has ever won in a single year. So when everybody asks, how does Ward Manuel have a job? That's how. But uh, Reiner, how does Ward Manuel have a job?
0: Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think going forward, I mean, you know, again, I think the pressure is on Ward Manual, especially, you know, the – this what what goes what happens with the football program given what's going on with the basketball program uh, those are the two most uh, visible programs the ones that produce the most revenue uh, and one's really struggling and that's a guy that Ward Manuel hired now Ward Manuel is being blamed you know fairly unfairly uh, for Harbaugh's departure so the person that he hires I mean. It is going to be scrutinized to a very high level, and in turn, Ward Manual is going to be scrutinized. And uh, I don't know. I mean, again, if things start off rocky, it's going to look pretty bad for for Ward Manuel uh, going forward. So you better hope that Jerome Moore, you know, if it is if he's the choice, comes in and wins. Because I mean, if, by week two, if they if they fall to Texas, and then you know. The, the struggles start to begin in the big 10 play uh watch out I mean people are gonna be very very restless and very upset
1: yeah I think 10 wins would be a remarkable season next year uh for anyone to get to with this schedule with this turnover uh, at that time but after 15 wins uh 10 ain't gonna cut it right <laughs> so uh, so it it, may, it makes you. I, I think I think you're right. Uh, everybody will will be ve- very closely uh, watching uh, how Ward handles this hire, how he handles the rest of the basketball season. Yes, there is still a basketball season going on. Uh, and uh, what, what happens from there? Uh, Reiner, are, are we all done here? Is there anything else you wanted to share with the class? Uh,
0: not not much. I mean, I guess with the with the basketball season, I don't know if anybody really wants to talk about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, then we're out of time today. I'll, I'll use that just sort of as my wrap. Uh, we will be back after Michigan and Michigan state uh, square off in East Lansing. Uh, that's next Tuesday. Uh, I think uh, January 30th. So we'll come back. January 31st. I imagine certainly by then Michigan football will have a head coach. Maybe we'll do something. There's a there's a lot of in between. So we cannot plan specifically because there's so much uncertainty what will happen between now and then. But we do know there's an uh, Michigan Michigan State basketball game next Tuesday and we do know we will talk to you after that. Maybe we'll be here in the meantime. unclear. Sorry that it's not better but we, we're just we're kind of at the mercy of of, of when news falls. Uh, So for Andrew, who did not get to chime in, but really helped (laughs) facilitate this show. uh, Thanks to our man, Andrew Burkle. Uh, Thanks to our editor-in-chief, Nicole Avery-Nichols, our executive editor, Anjanette Delgado, our sports editor, Kirkland Crawford, and our audio engineer, Robin Chan. For Reiner, I'm Tony. This is Halias.